0: As we go to Ezekiel chapter 37, I'm going to go a little bit old school here. That's why we brought out that song. The title, the women gave it up, is Armed and Dangerous. Everybody say, Armed and Dangerous. How do we know that we're in the middle of prayer month? And we have to understand the power that is at our fingertips as we get a hold of God. We need to understand that. And as a result of our relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, 2015 is our year to build for the future. I believe God is going to do great things this year, but it's going to take us being on our knees, being in the presence of God and understanding the weapons that God has given us and being able to use them for his honor and his glory. Are you with me? Ezekiel 37, we're going to be reading from verses 1 through 10. I'll be reading out of the New King James. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of dry bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, there were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man... Can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, to bone, to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. Heavenly Father, we come to you one more time. And, Lord, as I look out, I see an exceedingly great army that you are raising up, Father. And I pray for the next few minutes, you will put me aside, use me as an empty vessel, speak into our lives and our hearts, and let no flesh glory in your presence. You take all the glory, God. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Now, in most cases, when we preach out of Ezekiel 37, It's used to speak of the power of God, the reviving, the resurrection, and the restoring power. And it shows us how God can move into a graveyard of our lives and resurrect our dreams and resurrect our vision. And also how he can step into the middle of our chaos and our confusion, and he can bring order and peace within our lives. I think we're at that point already. Most of us here, sure, we have things happen in our lives. We have difficulties. We have things that are going on in our families. But we pretty much understand that God has saved us. He set us free. And we're beyond the valley of dry bones. See, we see that God can turn nothing into something great and powerful. And a lot of times when we speak out of Ezekiel 37, we labor with attention to detail And how it showed the valley of dry, desolate, broken, and separated bones are transformed into the final product of a mighty army. And all of a sudden they're standing and ready for battle. Then we close the Bible and we shout about the miracle of the valley of dry bones and we go home. But I want to start this message where we usually stop. I don't want to preach about the dry bones and I'm not here to prophesy to dry bones That's not why I'm here. I'm here to speak specifically to the army of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am that army. See, I'm here to speak to a group of men and women, young and old, here in the heart of the bay and whoever's listening on the podcast, that you are called, you're anointed, and you're appointed for such a time as this. God has raised you up. For 2015 to make an impact, not only here in our city, but beyond. I'm not speaking to the depressed and the distressed. I'm not speaking to the fretful and the fearful. I'm not speaking to the wounded and the worried. That's not who I'm speaking to today. I, I'm not trying to sound uncaring because I do care. But God has focused my spirit on another type of people today. My assignment is not to dry bones but to the army of God. That's you. See, in every city, in every church, there's a select few that have answered the call to live on a higher level. I'll say that again. There are some that have chosen to live on a higher level. And I'm talking about the army of the Lord. See, I'm talking about a rare breed of people who learn to be soldiers, See, we got a lot of saints in the body of Christ, but we don't have a lot of soldiers. We don't have a lot of warriors. We got a lot of saints holding down the fort, but we don't have many soldiers possessing the land. See, you're the one I'm talking to here this morning, this afternoon. God has said it's time for the army of Lord to come to attention. See, the adversity is great. The conditions are hard. But we are bred for battle. Turn your neighbor and say, I'm bred for battle. I'm armed and dangerous. Say it like you mean. I'm armed and I'm dangerous. Yeah, there's always going to be dry bones that need a prophet who will see the plan of God and prophesy to bring restoration and transformation. But I'm here to speak to you as the army of God. I want to tell you this is your hour of power. This is the time when God has raised you up to do great things. He raised you up out of that valley. You're no longer in the valley of dry bones. God has brought divine order within your life. He has strengthened you. He has nourished you by his word. See, his spirit has filled your lives. And now you're standing on your feet. And it's time to fulfill your divine purpose. Everyone sitting here has a divine purpose, and it's time to begin to fulfill it. See, we are God's hands and feet on this earth, and we need to understand that. We are the agents of change that God wants to use. Are you with me? It was said of the early church that they have turned the world upside down. See, it was God's power flowing through yielded vessels that threw down Satan's strongholds and raised up and began begin to establish the kingdom of God. That's why we're building. We are building to turn the world upside down. We are building to possess the land that God has given us. Are you with me? God has promised us hayward and beyond for generations now, for a generation for sure. For decades, we have been on this mission. You know, next, about two more weeks, three more weeks, I went into the home February 2nd, 1992, and I never turned back. I'm committed to this cause. Why? Because God raised me up out of the mire. He gave me a vision, a purpose for my life. I'm committed to the cause of possessing this land or whatever land God sends me to. See, Pastor Steve passed the baton to Pastor Stevan and Sister Chela. They have passed the baton to you and I. This is our vision. It's been passed. The mantle has gone to the next generation. Is there any gang in the house? I said, is there any God's anointed now generation in the house? The mantle is yours. It's time for you to possess what God has given you. It's time to run with it. Pick up that banner and begin to run to the streets and cry out loud that Jesus lives. Jesus died for you. Jesus has a plan for your life. We have been anointed to break through and set the captives free. We are anointed to bring deliverance to the bound and oppressed. It's time for us to possess the city of Hayward. It's time for us to possess San Lorenzo. It's time to possess San Leandro, Castro Valley, Oakland, Berkeley, Decolo, Alvarado, Union City, Newark, and Fremont, the North Bay, the South Bay, the West Bay. This is our land. It's time for you and I to rise up, pick up the mantle, paint the baton, and begin to run with the vision that God has given our ministry. It's time for us to move. This is our year of building. And this year, I believe we're going to get a building. Hello. But it's not going to be unless the army of God rises up and are committed to this cause that God has given us. We've got to possess the land. We've got to win souls for God's honor and glory. And yes, that includes the tithe and the offering. If we're going to get a building, it's going to be the saints taking care of business. Amen? Jeremiah 51 verse 20 says this, You are my battle axe and weapons of war. For with you I will break the nation into pieces, and you I will destroy kingdoms. With you I will break in pieces the horse and its rider. With you I will break in pieces the chariot and its rider. See, God wants to use you. Tell your neighbor God's using you. Tell your other neighbor that, like you mean it. How I many know we're rising up to chalices now? I told Pastor Manuel I might break that thing. So you better put it off to the side because I'll knock it down. Look at Isaiah 41:15. It says, Behold, I will make you into a new threshing sledge with sharp teeth. You shall thresh the mountains and beat them small and make the hills like chaff. What does that mean, having teeth? Well, that means that we're not all talk. We're not all hot air. That means we got the power to back it up. We're not talking out the side of our neck underneath that tattoo that you... Why are you looking at me like that? I'm talking to the girls, amen. (laughs) Don't get mad. The only reason I don't have one, we ran out of ink in jail. Amen. (laughs) Acts 1, verse 8, part A. But you shall receive. Oh, come on. That was weak. You shall receive. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. Are you with me? Wherever the kingdom of God is, there will be a manifestation of the power of God. Listen, we are the army of God. There's got to be power. We've been delivered from the hand of the enemy. We've been washed in the blood of the Lamb and filled with Holy Ghost power. Power comes through prayer. If there is a month that we should not be in power, it is now. We've been praying every single night. We've been going house to house. We've been going everywhere and praying. We're going to be going to location prayer all week. I hope you show up because we're going to shake cities, shake kingdoms. People are going to trip out. That's what it's all about because we are armed and dangerous. But if you're not praying, you're not even armed. You're not dangerous to nothing. You're like the seven sons of Sceva devil's going to have his way with you i'm not going to go there amen see god wouldn't call us into service unless he gave us weapons you now you join the marine corps you get weapons they teach you how to use the weapons they teach you how to clean them you could do it blindfolded you can take apart your weapon in the pitch black darkness of wherever you're at in the jungle. It don't matter because you know your weapon. You sleep with your weapon. You take your weapon with you. Can I get an amen? Or a boo You keep that weapon with you. You never let go of that. That's the last thing you would let go of is your weapon. That's how prayer is within our lives. That's the last thing you want to let go of is your prayer life. You want to stay plugged into God. You want to keep your weapons sharp so you can go in the battle with the cutting edge. Are you with me? Ephesians 6, 13 through 18. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. He says here, take up the whole armor. The Greek... The word there is a it means to take up or assume or seize power. In other words, when you take up the full armor, you are seizing power. You are taking control. You're, you're no longer a victim, you're a victor. The devil can't mess with you because you're seizing power. Are you guys getting this? Know your weapons, put on the armor. Begin to fight. Seize power. The devil can't mess with you. He'll run from you. He'll run from you. But you've got to seize power. Then when the battle is at its fiercest, the soldiers of Christ will still be able to hold their line even against the most pinpointed attack of the enemy. Let me tell you, the devil don't fight fair. He knows where to pinpoint the attack in your life. He knows where to mess with you. And he's going to do that time and time and time and time again until you seize the power back. Then he can't do anything. He can't do anything. Assume your position. Take back the power. It's your hour of power. 2 Corinthians 10 Beginning in verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments on every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. See, the word for pulling down implies the entire clearance of any obstacle. In other words, the whole obstacle is removed. Are you you getting that? You pull down every obstacle the enemy puts in your path. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter because you're pulling, you're getting rid of it. You're pulling it down. The devil can't mess with you. He can barely slow you up. If you got the full armor and you seize power and you're pulling down his stronghold, he can't even slow you down. He can't do anything but try to make you afraid. Come on. Some of us know what it's like to be in situations where you should fear. The devil ain't even got that because we seize his power. We're pulling down his strongholds. We're taking control. Amen? You guys understanding your position? See, I came to tell you in this battle and in this warfare, we have the advantage. We have been giving weapons that the devil has no defense against, and I'm going to name them real quick. Number one, we have the power of the name of Jesus. The name above every name, the name of Jesus. The name holds power in three worlds. Look at Philippians 2, verse 9. Therefore, God also has highly, highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. And at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, on earth, and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Three realms. Three realms. Where does that leave the devil? It leaves him empty. It leaves him shaken. It means he can't do anything to harm you in the name of Jesus. Acts 4.12, nor is there salvation in any other name, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. See, every one of us here today has family and friends that don't know Jesus yet. Power in his name power in his name. I got a praise report. My son, who lives in Nebraska, he's 30 something years old now, he just got saved. He got saved. And talk about tattoos. It's hereditary. You know, I want to, can I bring this out a little bit? Raider fans, it's like in the blood. I mean, I haven't seen him since he was five. And I'm a Raider fan. He's a bigger Raider fan. He's got a big old tattoo, like this big of the Raiders, you know? Huge. Skull and all that stuff. But he got saved. We've been praying for him in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That's how God works. Don't stop praying for your family. Don't stop praying for your love. Jesus' name. Their days are numbered. God's going to come through on your behalf. Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And they will drink anything. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick. I'm to share a story, a true story. When I was pastoring in Manila, We had this elderly lady. She was the oldest lady in the church, Lola Cruz. And she was in her 90s. And the old building that we had, you had to climb up all these stairs. It was hard for me. Greg would have never made it. (laughs) And one Sunday morning, I'm making the altar call. And I'm praying for people, right? The Spirit of God is moving and ministering in people's lives. She dies at the altar So I'm down here at the other end, and I'm praying for somebody else. I look at her family, and they're starting to freak out. She just brought them to church for the first time. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, if she dies, they're not coming back. <laughs> not only that, they'll probably shut me down. So I went over there, and I grabbed her by the hand, and I whispered in her ear, get up in Jesus' name. And she stood up. She raised from the dead in Jesus' name. After service, I began to speak with her. She got mad at me. She goes, I was in the presence of the Lord. Why would you bring me back? I go, I can't have you dying here. You'll see him again. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Number two, there's power in the blood of Jesus. There's protection through the blood. There's healing through the blood. There's deliverance through the blood. There's cleansing of your conscience through the blood. There's access into the presence of God through the blood. There's overcoming power through the blood. Revelation 12:11 says, "And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony." See, there's power in the blood of the lamb. His shed blood gives us victory over Satan, and his blood conquered the devil. Past tense. Conquered. It's done. When you plead the blood of G, he's already done. Jesus already whooped him up. We're just walking in what's already happened. Amen? We act like he's some big scary sucker. Nah. He's already defeated. The old-timer, I love the old-timers, man. They, had a, they may not have had all the revelation we have today, due to the internet and all that different stuff. But one thing they knew, there was power in the blood. They wouldn't go anywhere or do anything without pleading the blood of Christ. I remember some of these cats when I was, when I was young. I got saved when I was real young. And they would plead the blood on their car. They would plead the blood on their dog, on their cat, on their house. They would plead the blood on Everything, And it worked. <laughs> These cats, they lived to be like late 90s and stuff. They were, I bleed the blood on myself. But they were pleading the blood on everything. They wouldn't leave the house without pleading the blood of Jesus. We forgot that there's power in the blood. Thirdly, we have the power of the word of God. The same word that God used to create the universe, the same word that Jesus used to cast out devils and heal the sick and open blind eyes and deaf ears, that's the same word we have today. Psalms 119.89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. See, as the battles of life rage, the psalmist has one confidence. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled is settled or standing in heaven. See, life on this planet is filled with uncertainty. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to take place. I mean, if you watch the news, you see crazy things happening. Not not only around the world, but here in the Bay Area. It's crazy what's taking place. So there's uncertainty all around. But the one thing that we can be certain is not going to change is the Word of God. See, beyond earth is heaven, beyond time is eternity, beyond change is the changeless promises of God. So the psalmist turns to God's word and he finds the mark of heaven upon it. And this one absolute for his life, it's settled in heaven because God himself has given it to us and it will be fulfilled by him. Remember years ago we had the mighty men of valor in San Antonio, Texas. How long was that? A long time ago, right? A few years back. Well, I flew back from the Philippines. I went to Mighty Men of Valor. My daughter was still battling with these issues that she had, and I remember Hagee spoke. He spoke real quick, and it was, you know. But I went to the altar, and I had a vision of my daughter. And in this vision of my daughter, her legs were straight. It's been years, but after six surgeries, her legs are straight. See. When you stand on the promises of God, they come to pass. It may not happen the way you want it. It may not happen when you want it. But if you stand on the word, no matter when God gives you that promise, it's going to come to pass. In the very near future, my daughter will be walking. She'll be running. She'll be jumping. She'll be doing everything they said they couldn't do because God gave me a promise. When God gives you a promise, you stand on it. And it will come to pass. Amen. See, when we use the word, it's the same thing as if Jesus himself was standing there saying that word. I want you to get that revelation right now. Whenever we speak the word of God, whenever, it's like Jesus is standing right there speaking it himself. Let that sink into your spirit. When you pray in the word of God, there's power. When you speak the word of God, there's power. There's healing in the word of God. There's vision in the word of God. There's promises in the word of God. There's deliverance in the word of God. See, God's word does great things. Can I give you another story from Manila? Our second national, the guy raised up to be a home director in the Philippines. His name was June De La Cruz. And he had a massive coronary heart attack, massive, to the point where the doctors gave up on him. They said, he's going to die. They had machines in there making him breathe, but you know it was the machines because that's the way they work. And they said, even if he did come out of it, he would be a vegetable. So I looked at it. I looked at the situation. I looked at all his unsafe family standing there. And then I looked at Hasman. She's in our church. She's still there. I looked at her. I said, you hold your brother's hand. We're going to pray for him right now. I went up. Again, I've spoken to his ear. I said, June, God told me he's going to heal you. You shall rise up in Jesus' name. And I said, get up. All of a sudden, he began to fight. He was in a coma. He began to pull tubes out. I mean, the doctors gave up on him. They were saying, you know, he's just going to die. They weren't even looking at him. And all of a sudden, he began to get some fight in him. He began to pull, all of a sudden the doctors ran over, what's going on? I said, he's about to wake up right now. He's about to get up right now because God is doing something in his life. God's word said he is healed. And he got up. He got up. See, that's what God's word does. It's powerful. But sometimes we're so intimidated because, well, God can't use He's not you. It's the word. It's the word. It's the word of God. Don't worry about your little inconsistencies and insecurities and all that stuff. There's no insecurity in the word of God. When God says it, he means it, he'll do it. (laughs) Nothing is impossible for my God. Psalms 107 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. We gotta remember that God's word is creative. It's a life-giving word, and his word always works. Always. Not sometimes, not once in a while. It always works. Jesus heals the sick by command, and we are called to do the same. See, as a ministry we're building in 2015, we are in spiritual warfare against the devil And all his hosts. But we are building on the word of God. The word changes lives. The word changed my life. The word changed your life. The word changes situations. The devil attacked Jesus in the wilderness. He overcame him with the word of God. The power that defeated the devil was not anything else but the word of God in Jesus' mouth. He said, it is written, it is written, it is written. See, when we pray the word, there's power in our prayer. Number four, in close to closing, we have the weapon and the power of praise. If you don't think praise is powerful, you don't know my praise. See, praise is such a powerful weapon that even in prison, they couldn't hold people down that were praising. Remember Paul and Silas. They arrested them when they were doing the work of the Lord. And they put them in the inner stocks, in the inner part of the prison. In other words, they were in a hole. And that hole was different than the holes they got today. This was really a hole. And they were in the stocks together like that, facing each other, tied down, feces everywhere, cockroaches, rats. That was the kind of hole they lived in. And in the midnight hour, Instead of murmuring, instead of complaining, they began to praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for seeing us fit and worthy to suffer in your name. I will give you glory. I will give you praise. I love you. I worship you. I honor you. And all of a sudden, they got set free. In fact, the whole prison got set free. Why? Because there's power in praise. Praise. When you're going through stuff in your life and you wake up and you feel depressed because all the things that are happening within your life, you need to get your praise on. You just need to put it on. I don't care if people look at you like you're crazy. You need your praise. Sometimes I'll be in my car and I'll be driving by myself and I'll just get my praise on. And all of a sudden I'm crying, I'm weeping, I'm worshiping. I look and people look at me like I'm crazy. I go, ah, it's okay. I used to be crazy. Now I'm set free. I used to be psycho, but now I'm psycho for Jesus. Amen. Get your praise on. All of a sudden, man, everything seems to melt away. The addictions, the problems, everything just seems to, eh, backseat. Because I got my praise on. Why? Because in the midst of praise, God shows up. God shows up. Because you're saying I need you, God. <laughs> I can't do it without you, God. You're everything to me, God. I love you. Ooh. And he shows up. Things change. Praise is awesome. Praise will knock down walls. Praise will open prison doors. Praise will set the captives free. Praise will bring divine assistance in your battle. And praise will confuse your enemies. See, the Israelites, remember when they were marching around Jericho? Here they are, the most fortified city in the known world. And Joshua tells them, just march around for seven times. Don't say anything. Shut up. Just march. And then when you get the cue, I want you to shout, victory shout. All of a sudden, they let out their mouth. And they began to open up in praise. Ah! And what happened? The walls fell down. But what tripped me out, remember Remember Rahab, the prostitute? She lived on the wall. Now, how come that part of the wall didn't fall down? Remember they said put a scarlet Thread so we can see where you live. Everything else, she lived on the wall. She should have fell and died. I, I pictured this in my mind. I don't know. I'll ask God when I get there. That everything fell except for right where her pad was. Because she had the scarlet, which represented the blood of Christ. God is awesome, huh? Get your praise on. Number five. We have the power of prayer and fasting. These are two powerful tools that we a lot of times neglect. Isaiah 58, verse 6. Is this not the fast I have chosen, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? See, this verse is about revival. I'll say it again. This verse is about revival. If we're going to have revival in our cities, then we need to understand it's going to take prayer and fasting. See, what God wants in his church is to serve as the model home for the new neighborhood that God has promised to build. In other words, he's building a new kingdom. And this is going to be the house. This is going to be the house that's going to be the model house. And when they see us doing all these things and praying and fasting and doing what we're called to do, armed in danger, doing all this stuff, worshiping God and anointed of God, they're going to look, this is the model of what I want to build. Because I'm trying to bring heaven to earth. So we've got to get heaven in the church house. And the only way we're going to do that is by prayer and fasting. Amen. See, what God wants is his church to serve as the model home. He wants everyone to be able to look at the church and see the future so they can buy in. See, when you come to church, man, this is a place of love, joy, peace, fruit of the Spirit, prosperity. I'm not talking name and claim, No. But if God wants to prosper you, he wants you to live the best, best life he can give you. Amen? By living a principled life. Having a strong marriage. Being good husbands and fathers and, and wives and, and all that stuff. That's what God wants. He wants us to be the model of, to the world. Because he doesn't want a, a model church that looks like the world. There's a lot of that going on already. Why do people want to change what they're doing if there's no difference in the church? See, prayer and fasting will bring that difference that we need to be the models. Amen? You want your family to work. You want your church to work. You want everything to work out good, your jobs, everything, right? Then you've got to learn to get a hold of God. Prayer and fasting. Be the model. See, prayer is powerful, but fasting multiplies and magnifies the power and the effect of prayer. Next and last, we have this powerful communication system that the devil can't understand. We have the weapon of praying in the Holy Ghost or praying in tongues. Are you with me? See, when we pray in English or our native tongue, whatever that may be, the devil can track us on his radar whenever we start praying in the Spirit. But when we begin to pray in tongues, we disappear off his radar, and we become invisible. See, remember Star Trek? I don't know if you guys ever watched that when you were young. Remember they had the Klingons. Klingons. Remember the Klingons? Well, the Klingons, whenever they would battle Captain Kirk, they would put on their cloaking device so they could not be seen. Well, our cloaking device started at Pentecost. See, when we speak in tongues and we pray in tongues and we do things in tongues, all of a sudden the devil can't spot us. You can't hit what you can't see. See, he can't track our prayers. The Holy Ghost is praying through us. Are you with me? How better? Who knows what they're praying better than the Holy Ghost? We're just empty vessels. Let let the Holy Ghost pray through your life. Learn to speak in tongues. You can come. When we have our altar call, if you don't speak in tongues, you're going to get it today. You're going to be armed and damned. Once you begin to speak in tongues, things are going to begin to change in your life. You may not understand what you're saying, but God understands what you're saying. And he's going to begin to act on your behalf. And the devil's going to be going, huh? What the heck? How am I going to fight that? That's the power of speaking in the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's what happens when we pray in tongues. We're cloaked by the Holy Ghost, and the devil can't track us. Have you ever noticed when you pray in English, you feel resistance? Or is that just me? You feel resistance. And sometimes we don't even feel like we're getting through. Because the devil knows what you're saying. He doesn't understand tongues. He don't. But when you switch that other frequency and you start praying in tongues, you're cloaked by the Holy Ghost. And you fly right by the enemy. He don't even see you. You're called, you're chosen, you're anointed. You're armed and dangerous. You have the advantage. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. See, the devil, I want you. he underestimates you. And sometimes we underestimate ourselves because we don't know how to use the weapons that God has given us. We're not some weak-kneed, limp-wristed, Defeated, discouraged, beat down, head hanging in the dirt, bunch of believers trying to hold on till Jesus comes. That's not who we are. That's not who you are, and that's not who I am. We are the army of God. We're armed and dangerous, and we are called to possess the land. (laughs) Luke chapter 9, 1 and 2. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons. Everybody say, all demons, and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. See, all of these scriptures describe an army on the move, advancing, marching in power, and marching in authority, treading down every enemy, every devil, every sickness, every disease, and breaking through every obstacle and every hindrance. See, that's the church as God sees it. That's how God sees it. How do you see it? How do you see it? It doesn't matter how God sees it if you don't see it. You've got to see yourself doing these things. You've got to see yourself being putting on the whole armor of God and applying it within your life. You've got to see yourself casting out devil. You've got to see yourself healing the sick. You've got to see yourself raising the dead. You've got to see yourself stepping out in faith, understanding it's not you, it's the word of God. If you believe that, turn to your neighbor and say, that's me. Come on, like you mean it. Listen, we're not going on our own authority or our own power, but we're going in the name of Jesus. I feel an anointing coming right now. I feel that some bones are coming together, so to speak. And I feel the wind of the Holy Spirit. I feel the breath of God breathing new life. I feel a mighty army rising up in the Spirit. I feel that this is gonna be our year to do great things. I feel a fight coming back in your spirit. I feel somebody is gonna jump back into the battle tonight. Somebody I'm talking to here. You've had the breath knocked out of you, you took a hit, get up and start to hit back. The devil hit you physically, he hit you emotionally, he hits you financially, he hit your family, but let me tell you, he hit you where it hurt. He may have knocked you down, but it's time to get up and start fighting back. Don't let the devil get the victory. It's time to stand on your feet and start fighting. You got to get that breath back. He might have hit you in the solar proxy. It's okay. Ha! Roll with it. Get up and fight. Get up and fight. You got to get that fire back. You gotta get your faith back. If you're gonna be armed and dangerous, you've gotta get it back. Remember when you first got saved. Remember what it was like, that fresh fire within your life. All you wanted to do was tell somebody about Christ. You you pray for anything that moved. Give it dog, get over here. I pray for you. That's how it is when you first get saved. But then you're around for twenty years. I'll "Eh, let the youngsters. No! No! When the youngsters do it, you're going to die of old age. As A.J. comes. I read a quote by Tozer, A.W. Tozer. He said, Our pursuit of God is successful just because He is forever seeking to manifest himself to us. In other words, we can catch God because he wants to get caught. He wants to get caught. He's not hiding. He's not some celestial being. He's here. He's here. Shane Willis is as close as your breath. He's right here, right now. Do you want to catch him? He wants you to catch him. He really does. Right here, right now. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Heavenly Father, give us back our fight. Bring us to that place, Lord, where we first fell in love with you. Where we didn't let Situations and problems and all these things begin to defeat us, God. Where we learn how to take a hit and get, and get back up. And get back up and get back up and get back up and get back in the battle. Father, I just pray right now, God, that we will understand the power in your name, the power in your blood, the power through your word, the power of praise, the power of prayer and fasting, And Lord, to pray in your Holy Ghost. I want to challenge you here this afternoon. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do something fantastic. This is our year. This is our year. But you got to believe it. When you speak the word of God, it's Jesus speaking through you. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, It's the Holy Ghost praying through you. God wants to use you as his hands, his feet, his mouthpiece. But we've allowed the enemy to come in and knock us down, take away the fire. But he has no authority. He has no power over you. There's nothing he can do. It's time to trust God again. Trust God again. We're going to do this worship song. And as we begin, I'm going to open this altar. If that's you and you're hungry, and you say, I don't want 2015 to be like 2014 or 2013 or 2012 or 1999. No, I need some freshness in my life. I need some fire in my life. I need to change. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to learn how to fight. I want to be armed and dangerous. Then make your way up.